When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to this Cricket Badger India vs England daily podcast by the fans for the fans. Virat Kohli's India with Rohit Sharma, Jaspreet Bumrah and Ravi Ashwan and young starlets like Rishabh Pant and Shubman Gill. They play host to Joe Root's England with Jimmy Anderson, Ben Stokes, Stuart Broad and young talents like Ollie Pope and Zach Crawley. It's always England's toughest tour. Good luck to both sides. May the best team win. Hello everybody, welcome along. It's another edition of the Test Match Daily. I'm James Butler, the Cricket Badger. And if you've been joining us throughout the first two Test Matches, you'll know we come every single day with our Indian and English perspectives on the Test Match series. And today is no different. I'm joined by Ash, Naman and Sam to uh, pick the bones out of that second Test Match and look ahead to Test Match number three. Um, let's start with you, Sam Dalling. You're one of our English contingent. Looking back at that second Test Match, India completely outplayed England. Forget the pitch, forget the toss and all that kind of stuff. It was a really good performance by Team India, following on from a really good performance by Team England. And I guess, you know, listening to Joe Root after the match yesterday, he said, one apiece. Most fans said, one apiece. We'd take that at this stage. Yeah, 100%. India were outstanding. England were probably below par, but that can happen in sport. You know, when when another side is before well, when the opposition is performing so well, it is sometimes difficult to get going and it, it just didn't really happen for England but as Joe Root has put we'd have snapped everyone's hands off for one all going into the third test which of course is the day-nighter so I mean, it's, not, it's not, not a very good strategy though that is it because you know going into the day-nighter you need your hands really don't you you do you would hope so but I don't know Jimmy Anderson could probably hoop it round trees without any hands attached to the end of his arms but <laughs> just, I mean, so just bowling it from between his knees or something <laughs> we're going into a strange place here and you probably, probably still couldn't pick which way it's swinging but yeah look disappointing buzzwords like momentum but it's one all England have performed brilliantly in one test India have performed brilliantly in one test the series is set up over here it's on domestic TV it's a much more sociable time for you I and everyone else to get up and actually watch cricket at nine o'clock so we could pick over the bones and, and you know rip England apart, but let's just say they were outplayed. Clean slate, move on. Let's see what happens. Ash, are you in agreement with that? What Sam's just said, it's not a bad situation to be in, is it? One all. I totally agree with Sam. I think there's maybe been a bit of an overreaction. I think cricket Twitter couldn't help itself a little bit. Wanted to jump in and start blaming people left, right and centre. But it's just one of them things that happens in sport. One game, we win the toss, the pitch shoots us. We play brilliantly, India below par. Second game, the opposite happens. Most people would have been delighted with just the one win or even the one draw from these four tests. So we should be really happy at one all. And now looking to go into this day-night test and almost take a bit of vengeance for how, I think, poor we were in reality in the the last game. It it might be a little bit of a wake-up call for England, isn't it? After immense success for a period of away test matches, it's just a little bit of a wake-up call, a pinch on the uh, backside to kind of get ready for Ahmedabad coming up in uh, a week's time. Now, man, though, you'll be delighted with obviously one 
one all. Now, after being 1-0 down in that first test match, India played really nicely. Kind of described England's performance in the first test match as near perfect. From India's perspective, the performance in the second test match was uh, pretty much the same, wasn't it? Yes, uh, pretty much. And uh, the best thing is like uh, all the players, uh, especially the Rohit Sharma coming back into the form. Uh, this inning was uh, long due. He was trying a lot with the new ball, but uh, Archer Anderson was brilliantly to him in the first test match also in Australia. Uh, he got stars, but did not convert into good scores. But uh, good to see him, uh, Kohli also getting few runs in the second innings and uh, that was some special innings by Ashwin. And also good to see the debutant Aksar uh, picking Pfeiffer in the second innings uh, along with Kuldeep also getting few wickets. So all uh, players are giving their own contribution and uh, making it special uh, for India and uh, levelling the series at one all. I want to make this one today about England more. We'll talk about India in depth tomorrow. But England obviously need to get something changed for the third test match. It's a pink ball test match. We'll talk a little bit about that later. But Naman, with your eyes from an Indian side of things on that second test match, as soon as you start seeing that ball spinning as an England fan, you kind of tense up a little bit and you fear the worst. I felt England did that a little bit themselves as a team. They saw the ball kind of breaking the surface on day one. It started turning. They saw India get up to 329 in that first innings. Then they saw Ashwin starting to weave his magic. From your side of things, looking at England's batting order. Are you confident as an as an Indian fan that if there's another pitch like that, India will just do the same again? Yes, absolutely, 100%. And also, uh, to be honest, uh, I don't think so. England would be too surprised looking at that turn because somewhere down the line, I feel a route and the company would have it in their mind that somewhere it's going to come. The only thing I, would, I have in my mind and what I feel is that they should have played Butler, they should have played Bisto uh, right from the first matchup because you are playing against India you are playing, uh, playing that's not going to happen is it that's not going to happen this year yeah, it, so I that, just that want strategy. them to play their best players because end of the day you just uh, ending up uh, playing with uh, Sibley and uh, Burns and uh, yes uh, they are not experienced that's another podcast entirely because you you mentioned Butler <laughs> and Bairstow are they the best players are they in the best 11 India may think so because they've seen them in the IPL but from a test match level it's a completely different debate isn't it whether Bairstow and Butler are should be in that first 11. We've seen Ben Folks uh, making a rather good case for himself. BlackRatCricket.com Handmade English Willow Bats. They do have a cashmere range for bats 0-4. Starter kit all the way to pro-level kits. They're based in Yorkshire. There is team wear available and there is a new signature range coming soon in February. Bats made by cricketers for cricketers. Make 2021 count with Black Rat Cricket. Sam, on the spin subject of stuff, you're a Somerset fan. We've seen Bess and Leach come into the England side from their Somerset starts. And Taunton is a pitch that has become a little bit synonymous in um, England. Sides are bad, isn't it? In terms of its sort of you know, propensity to, to take turn. And there, there is that irony. I don't want to go into it in too much depth that Somerset have produced England's potentially two best spinners and have been deducted points for producing pitches that have, have suited them. And then we go to India and we can't play spin. There is kind of a, it doesn't, quite fit right all that does it well James it's an interesting person you come to if you don't want to go into too much depth onto that but yes I, I will say Somerset were deducted points of course because their pitch 
as excessive turn. And here we are moaning about the wicket prepared by the Indians, which, you know, home advantage, that's what you do. And I think, who was it? I'm trying to think who wrote about it. I think it was George DeBell, actually, who said, you know, look, we have to change our attitude to spinning pitches just because it doesn't suit the way we play. There's nothing wrong with that. And perhaps maybe there's a case for moving forward. Some of actually our younger players as they're coming through why can't they go to the subcontinent instead of Australia for the winter and learn to play there? You've got to play the conditions and there is a lot of cricket played in the subcontinent and we have to be able to cope with that. You know, we have, we have some great players of spin and they were just, you know, Joe Root and Ben folks would, just didn't didn't quite get the runs we wanted them to in this test. But yeah, I don't think we can complain too much about the pitch and the fact it turns. I don't think the pitch was actually that bad in the end. I was, I was slightly concerned when I saw it breaking the surface on day one, but I don't think it actually deteriorated too much uh, as it went through. We got to day four and it was turning viciously, but it hadn't really got much worse. I think anybody blaming the pitch, India just played better on it. Ash, looking at the 18-county structure in England, I don't want this to be a post-mortem either because it's just one defeat for England. So it's not a case of kind of changing the whole plan because it is just that one defeat. But I quite like the fact, going back a few years, where each of the counties had their own identity almost with the pitch. You went to Northampton, you went to Somerset, it turned. You went to Headingley, it swung. Players had to get ready ready for that challenge. And that's gone a little bit in county cricket. I think going back a few years, they, they changed the grass they used on the squares. That's kind of bound the surfaces together a little bit more. And we do seem to have, um, we might as well just put artificial wickets down you know, in, in some seasons, because there doesn't seem to be that much variety from one place to another. Yeah, it's a real concern, I think, reality for England that we do seem to have a lot of grounds that just appear to, to play the same. That the only difference is maybe the colour of the stands or the shape of the stand. It's really important that, especially as we are lucky to have so many counties, that we use that to our advantage. And there's no reason, or there isn't for me anyway, why there shouldn't be quite a lot of variation going across them 18 grounds. There's nothing wrong with having a wicket that turns. There's nothing wrong with having a wicket that's well known for seeming or even having a wicket that's known to be a little bit of a road, to be fair, because again, it's testing out your, your bowlers. It's giving them that challenge that they're going to face around the world. Now, I'm not expecting Taunton to suddenly be just like the Chennai pitch was, but I don't see why they should be, Somerset should be deducted points for trying to use home advantage and trying to develop a spinning wicket. There's there's nothing wrong with a wicket spinning from day one. The only issue is if it's exploding as such, but even then it's it's something that in the end of the day I think players have got to get used to and if we can do that through the county system, that's much better than having to wait till the the first or second test of an international test series to for a player to learn about that. I don't think that's ideal for anyone. Naman was mentioning in his answer there, Sam, about Butler and Bairstow and we've seen that rotation in England's side throughout the last 10 months and it's going to go on throughout this year that players are getting rested. The kind of multi-format players that are playing all all, uh, white ball and red ball have been given a couple of weeks off here and there, haven't they, to just kind of recharge the batteries a little bit and just escape from that bio bubble, see a few families and friends and get back to normality again because it is a very artificial existence inside those hotel rooms. Moen Ali is going home after this second test match and there was that really unfortunate fallout wasn't there after the uh, game yesterday where Joe Root kind of stumbled on his words really Um, he's made an apology since but used the word has chosen to go home rather than it was predetermined that Moen Ali was going home and just a bit of a sour taste really at the end of that test match wasn't there for for poor old Mo? Yeah it is and I don't want to be laying blame on anyone because I think it was just a slightly clumsy choice of words from Joe Root and and choice being the operative word in this circumstance. Apparently Joe Root was horrified and 
has apologised to Moen. You know, he it was in, it was in the heat of the moment almost. It's just after a test match. He's been out there. They've lost heavily. He's having to deal with questions. Maybe probably doesn't really want to be there answering them. And he's not quite chosen his word properly. It does leave a sour taste. I don't. I was quite strong on it yesterday. I don't like the narrative of it was made to look as if Moen has done something different to everyone else. When in fact, this is. He spoke about it a while back. This has been not even penciled in. It's been put in the diary in pen in the same way that Joss has gone home, that Bairstow's gone home, that Mark Wood has gone home, that Joffre and Ben Stokes missed the Sri Lanka series. It's now, you know, Twitter explodes in a way that only it can. And you have to try and take that with a little bit of a pinch of salt. But it does leave a sour taste and it's a shame because Moen Ali, he was, from what I understand, it was a last minute request to stay on, which put him in a no-win situation. What does he do? He wants to go home and see his family. He spent a couple of weeks in a hotel room, ill. They haven't seen him. It must have been very stressful for them. So yeah, it's it's just a shame and hopefully we can move on. But I suspect there will be more incidents like this moving forward because of how it is set up at the moment. People have just got to get used to it, haven't they? The fact that players are going to take some time out and we're not always going to see the best 11 on the field because uh, people are going to miss out because they're going to go out the bubbles. Moen did say, um, I'm not sure when this interview was, but it was. I think it was before the series where it says that uh, Moen said they've picked the squad for the first two games and it all depends where I'm at really I think I'm due to go home at some stage during the third and fourth tests but we're not 100% sure yet if I'm playing and doing well then things could change so Moen did indicate in that interview that yeah, maybe that might be different but that doesn't get away from the fact Ash does it that he's, he's got to this stage and he just wants to go home <laughs> you, know, you, you can't you can't knock him for that no you can't you can't knock him for, for wanting to go home I think maybe the reality of the matter is, is that I think England's on the right thing if they've they've planned ahead they haven't waited for someone to have a problem they've made these decisions on when people are going to go go back home for a rest Moeen catching Covid during the Sri Lanka series and ruling him out of the Sri Lanka series has probably given him a bit of a headache because I think they probably would have wanted him to play in that series and maybe I got the impression. Yeah, I got the impression. Actually, the intention was that Moen would play both Test matches in Sri Lanka and probably the first two in India. Yeah, so I think that's where maybe the COVID reared its head again and sort of left England in a bit of a difficult place. I think they didn't want Moen to be on the tour and to not have played a game before his rest. So they fair enough because I think Bess looked tired. But it's now it's almost as if they've been a little bit naive and they thought, well, if, if Mo plays the second Test and he does well, we're sure he'll want to stay in. That, that isn't the case if he wants to go home and see his family after having spent so long away already and looking ahead it's likely that he'll, especially after his antics yesterday I'm sure he'll find himself an IPL contract he's, he's going to be away for a long time so you can't blame him at all for wanting to go back and I think it's just a bit of naivety and a bit of lack of forward thinking from England as to regards to what happens if a player catches COVID and your plans change that has led to almost a problem being caused out of what should have been nothing really. Naman, um, Ashish mentioned there the IPL auction which is tomorrow. We're going to be doing a, a special Cricket Badger podcast to look at the players bought in that auction and look ahead to the IPL as a result of those player changes. Moeen's obviously in the list of potential um, candidates to be snapped up by one of the eight franchises tomorrow. Do you think his performance in that second test match which I thought was a little bit ropey with the ball he was flattered by his eight wickets from the test match. He got 
got gradually better as he, as he went through and he was bound to be rusty coming into that second test match. But those sixes towards the end, I think uh, a little bit of a video that some of the franchises might have been quite excited about because you know if you if you buy Moeen Ali, you're going to get potentially a couple of tidy overs and, and the ability for somebody to hit you a quick 50. He's, he's a decent player. Do you think somebody's going to snap him up? I totally don't think so. I strongly feel that he'll go unsold. It's not his fault, not even he's totally out of form. The thing uh, also about his displaying his skills uh, in the second test, it's not that nobody's aware about what he's capable of. It's just that it's kind of a mini auction and I don't think there are enough slots available in uh, many franchises. Only one slot in CSK and uh, one slot, uh, one or two slots in uh, KKR. So it uh, totally depends uh, what exactly each team needs over there uh, more than going for Moeen Ali. Uh, so uh, what uh, I am seeing uh, the combination which all the teams has, I don't think so. Mumbai Indians need any all-rounder in top eight, uh, not even KKR because they already have Russell, Narayan. What, what about RCB, Naman? RCB with the team that released Moeen, but they've released released a lot of players, potentially thinking there might be a, a major auction. It's only going to be, as you say, kind of like a bit of a filler auction, isn't it? And you know, is there a potential that they could buy him back? I don't think so because they've already had a taste of him and they already have uh, Nagy out there. They already have Washington Sundar who will be an uh, improved player now after playing test matches and all. He was a debutant early on so he will be playing with more confidence. So I see him playing more matches. Sundar and both Mohin Ali would be a like-to-like because both are off-spinners and kind of playing that all-rounder role. So instead of filling that slot of an all-rounder, RCB would opt for an Indian all-rounder and not Mohin Ali. Instead, in place of Finch, they might go for Alex Hills. Uh, I just want RCB to get the focus out of uh, ABD and Kohli. So maybe Hills is the one. The uh, Right now he's into form. Uh, he could be one factor uh, which would provide them the balance and the start they need along with the particle. So I still doubt uh, players will go, uh, teams will go for Mohin Ali. Cricket's a game played with balls. You've got to look after them in the field. Badges are furry creatures. My friends at Manscaped.com help you make sure it's neat and tidy down there. Oh, get rid of all that excess fur. Make sure that you're neat and tidy. Make sure everything's in the right order. Oh, feeling all good now down in this set. Oh, Manscaped.com. Maximum skin-safe performance, compact design, advanced engineering, ceramic blade, waterproof. And it doesn't end there. Show you care by caring for your pair. Cleansers, revivers, preservers. Simply go to manscaped.com, quote the discount code BADGER. You get 20% off, you get free shipping, and you get some seriously quality equipment. Manscaped.com, get on there now. Right, so Moen Ali, as far as Naman's concerned, uh, is going to go unsold. I'm sure he's flying home, hoping that he gets a gig in the IPL. Um, let's have a look ahead to the third test match, though. And my, my point that I've made, I think, on the podcast yesterday and also on Twitter was that pink ball test, there's no guarantee. There's a lot of English fans talking about this pink ball test matches. It's going to swing round corners. Jimmy Anderson's going to be unplayable. England have a real chance in this test match. There is a potential that it won't move at all. I've seen pink ball games where that pink ball does nothing. But one guarantee is that it's going to turn. So Sam, when England picked this side, I was suggesting on Twitter yesterday, you pick a side for red ball, you stick Jimmy Anderson, yeah, potentially even Chris Wokes or Stuart Broad or somebody else that can swing from the other end. So if you do get those twilight periods where it does move, you've got the personnel there ready, but you've also got your spin attack there too. You, I don't think you can put all your eggs in the swing basket for this one. No, I agree. I suppose the, the reason it's been talked about is 
is it might be more similar to English conditions. Not that Anderson in particular has any problem bowling away from England, but it's a tough one because you're left with Dom Bess and just the way he's been handled. That is another really unfortunate consequence of the last couple of days. Suddenly Dom Bess has been left out, told he needs to continue working and that, and, that, and that's absolutely fine. But he, he comes across as the guy sort of tough guy who needs an arm around his shoulder and a bit of love and actually he now knows that effectively England went to Mo and Ali cap in hand and said please can you can you stay on the underlying message being well we don't really want to pick Dom again and now you're going to have to throw him back in so it needs careful man management do you, do you think that do you, do you think the England team and Jerry would now wish they'd said Dom Bess is being rested rather than he needs to go away and work and be more consistent yes I think so I don't think they'd necessarily... Maybe they'd assume Moen would stay on. We just don't know. Could they go with... Obviously, Leach is going to play. Root bowled quite a lot in the second test. Bowled quite well. I don't know. Is it is it too much to ask to go in? Too much of a risk to have him as the second spinner? But based on what they've been saying in the last week or so, and on evidence, maybe Root might even bowl as much as Bass, even if he did play. It's a risk, but they've backed themselves into a little bit of a, a tricky situation. It'll be interesting to see how they how they come out of it. If they do pick Don Best, they need, as I said, on our WhatsApp group, they um, someone needs to be whispering, I love you, Don Best, into his ear quite regularly, I think. He, not that that's a bad thing that he needs that, but that's just the kind of character he is, I think. he needs. A we, bit we, we all need that, don't we? Obviously, I don't want somebody whispering, I, I love you, Don Best, into my ear, but um, I love you, Cricket Badger. That would be quite nice. Yeah. Ash, um, Ash the, the Don Best scenario, they, Sam describes that as backing themselves into a bit of a corner there if they do decide to go back to Dom and say come on Dom you're in for the third test match they're going to have to do that in, with using the right words and the right kind of body language don't they to kind of prop him back up a bit yeah, it's really important that they manage him correctly and I think that is much mentally as obviously the physical side they've got to go back to him and, and, and not make it seem like it's a last resort which I guess is what if you were Dom Best right now you'd maybe be thinking after, after it's come out that it appears they seem to have almost begged Moeen to stay so they've got to be careful but I'll be honest I've got a feeling that they're going to almost based on what's happened they're almost not going to pick best and they're going to go for they'll go for Wokes instead and I think as Sam said they might think actually Roots Roots a decent enough spinner to, to work alongside Leach and hope that the pink ball go, goes their way based on some previous games that have happened in India where it's been all about the seamers but you say previous as if there's more than one there's just the one game that's happened uh, well, yeah. <laughs> in India where the seamers did take wickets but this is a new stadium. It's obviously an unknown surface. Yeah, it's it's a it's a different ball. Yeah, there is no previous to this. There is no evidence to suggest anything. Yeah, it might turn square it might swing massively it might do absolutely nothing you're going to have to have a look at the pitch obviously and, and make a decision but you've got no idea what those overheads are going to do to it because every ground has its own peculiar nature doesn't it and some grounds swing some grounds don't this one might not Yeah, this is the I think it's almost the issue and I think it'll almost become England's fall if if, they, if it goes wrong for them I think they're going into it and thinking we're, we're hopeful because it is the unknown and we don't know what's going to happen and I think that's also why maybe they'll go with folks I think they might think well we'll We'll pick what we think is our, our strongest eleven normally that we can pick for this game, and, and we'll go for that. We'll hope that that's going to be good enough, and things go our way. I don't think that's necessarily 
the best way to go about it. As you say, it is the unknown. So no matter what England pick, there's a, there's a reasonable chance that it's going to come back and bite them on the backside. So it might be very easy in about a week and a half's time, two weeks' time, to, to really criticise the selection. At the same time, I don't think any of us can say for definite what's going to happen in well, a week's that, time. But I think that's why you cover all your bases. That's why you play your two spinners plus Joe Root. That's why you have your swing bowlers as, you, as your pace bowling options. And then you, know, you do give yourself a, a few options with that team then don't you because then if it does spin you've got spinners if it does swing you've got swingers etc then you, you may be able to cope with uh, anything that's thrown at you it does so seem though Sam doesn't it you know Chris Wokes is obviously in the squad he didn't play in Sri Lanka he hasn't played so far in India it does seem that they do have a wall planner out and they've highlighted this pink ball test and this is where Chris Wokes is going to get his one cap of the winter yeah it looks that way and that's logical I think based on assumptions about conditions which as you rightly pointed out you never quite know but if you're taking Chris Wokes to the subcontinent and he's only going to play one game I think this would definitely be the one and if he doesn't play this one it, it does make it look slightly odd that he goes although I suppose you, you have to account for injuries and have, having a full squad and he is one of England's top performers over the last couple of years or certainly worthy of a place in the side but yeah I, I, I love watching him play I, I love his action I, I think he's a brilliant bowler um, so hopefully he can get a game and, and do well Now man as far as injury concerned looking at this pink ball test do you see any major changes to their 11 with the fear of the unknown and the potential for swing there? Not much. Uh, only one I feel Kuldi will have to move out uh, in, and Bumrah will be in and uh, I just feel one of Shubman Gil or Pujara because both were uh, out there with finger injuries so maybe they are preparing. I heard that Pandya is back in the net so maybe they are planning to bring him in as a batsman because he is not bowling that much so maybe Rahane would bat at number 3 I guess if he comes in so only the mandatory change would be uh, of bringing Bumrah in uh, rest of the playing 11 would be the same in case of any injuries I feel Pandya would be in that, that's a scary thing I saw some clips of Bumrah practicing with the pink ball yesterday and there's this assumption in England that Jimmy Anderson's going to win this test match but India have their own um, Jasprit Bumrahs and the like who can equally do some damage if the pink ball gives some assistance so it's going to be a very interesting third test match now, man, I'm going to get you to select the England team now. What changes would you make? I mean, Johnny Bairstow's coming back into contention. Mark Wood's come back. Um, Zach Crawley, who might be coming back from injury as well. Would you make wholesale changes to this England team after losing that second Test match? Or would you trust what's uh, won them Test matches, the three away Test matches before this winter? And I'm asking you, not as an Indian hoping England will fail, but as an Indian hoping England will do well. I'll totally bring back uh, Crawley in. I feel, yes, he failed in Sri Lanka, but uh, he should get a go uh, looking at uh, Rory Burns also his last five matches uh, he has not uh, is not looking that comfortable uh, against Spain also so I would definitely bring in Crowley and uh, also I'll play both uh, Broad and Anderson I feel this is the match uh, this is the pink ball test and I would have them play this game uh, whether uh, irrespective of swing or not but uh, I would require I would play them both along with the two spinners Leach and I would bring back Bass uh, in place of Moin Ali rest of the I feel uh, Root, Stokes and Oli Pope, these are the three core players of this uh, team uh, with folks following but uh, the main, main thing which I want England to do is uh, leave Root out of uh, this playing 11 and the rest of the players need to score badly. They Someone needs to step up and score runs and not just uh, stay over there and defend deliveries because it is only putting pressure for the batsmen coming on later on. Leaving Root, the rest of the players uh, really need to step up now. I, I can't believe you just said that. I you were doing so well and you said leave Root out of the playing 11 did I hear those words right no, that, that's, only, the, not, that's not the last like thing they're going to do make him sit like not make him sit it's like uh, 
he is going to score out there he is playing uh, like my main thing was uh, like all the players needs to step up and score runs along with root not to make it root out of the match uh, is not what i meant okay you've redeemed yourself naman you've redeemed yourself sam you've heard what naman's just said there in terms of potential changes from his viewpoint uh, would you think any differently to how he's just gone no i like i like that a lot of course that crawley will come back in and i think well we assume i think Dan Lawrence might well be the unfortunate one to miss out. Had a diff- it's been a difficult start to, well, actually, no, in fact, he started wonderfully, didn't he, in Sri Lanka? But he, his time will come again, but it might be that he takes a rest now. But other than that, yeah, I'm agreed. I'd be inclined to maybe, I suppose, you ga- it's a real gamble, but I'd be inclined to go Anderson, Broad and Wokes if you then only play one spinner with Leach and Root as the second spinner. It's a bit of a gamble, but I think maybe you have to be bold in selection sometimes. Sam's our bold selector, Ash, are you going to be bold as well or would you make any changes to what the other two guys have said? I'd make a slight change. I think I'd be bold and put Crawley in to open, to be honest, instead of Rory Burns. Expect, obviously, Johnny Bairstow will come back in at three. And then, bowler-wise, I think I'd go for one of the quicks, whether that's Wood, Archer or Stone, just depends purely on fitness levels, I think, really. I don't. I think that's all that really differs between them. And then I would go Anderson and Wokes in alongside Leach I don't, I don't think they're going to pick Bess um, I think they'll go off the fact that with that sort of lineup, they'll have two bowlers who bowl swing two bowlers who are out and out quick and be the enforcers and including Root they'll feel that they have two spin options and I, I think that's the way they'll go and I, I can't say I disagree with it because I just don't know how this game's going to go with a pink ball if, if we're being honest I'd definitely bring back Don Bess I think he was unlucky to be left out and I saw him um, make his maiden first class century out in Barbados for the MCC I'm sure it was a pink ball test it was the uh, usual curtain raiser in the MCC other um, guys that have kind of developed the pink ball more than anybody else and Don Bess took a shed load of wickets in that game scored his maiden first class century he can bowl with the pink ball he can bat with the pink ball so I think um, he should come back in there the selectors most of them were out there watching that inning so hopefully they've got that memory because I think Don Best should not be penalised for having eight poor overs in the second innings after all he's done that was the time to go up to him and say Don you've had a mare today but we believe in you you go out there and take a load of wickets and I think it's given him completely the wrong message I know he hasn't had the most consistent of times but I really think he's a cracking player and um, can get a lot better and we were saying yesterday on Twitter Graham Swan didn't debut Sam until he was 29 and look what he achieved Don Best has got a load of test caps under his belt he's 23 the sky's the limit yeah I agree. I've made that point before. I think it's quite remarkable that people overlook that at times. In six years' time, Don Best could have 60, 70 test caps and just be coming into his peak. Maybe he could do with a couple of years playing county cricket regularly, but different people take different paths. And, you know, Graham Swan was a world-class off-spinner, so he's in another league completely. But can Don Best get to that level? Who knows? But he's got a lot of time, a lot of development still to go. I'm a big fan and... I. I would like to see him involved in the setup for a long time moving forward. Well, we've uh, gone through our England side of things then today. We've picked the team and uh, England now need to pre- prepare for that pink ball test and the unknown because it is going to be very unknown what's going to happen out there. We, uh, it's going to be very interesting to watch the first couple of days of that game to see how the ball behaves under the lights in Ahmedabad. Big stadium, brand new, shiny, and uh, we're going to get a terrific third test match in what's becoming a very good series. We've had two very one-sided games so far. Hopefully this pink ball test will be a little bit more even key.
Neil. We are going to come back tomorrow with another Test Match Daily. We're going to also come back with our IPL auction review as well and look back at who's been bought under the hammer for IPL 2021. And if you like that and you tuned in last year as well, we're going to be back with our IPL dailies as we go through the IPL, which is not that far away now. And it's uh, I'm getting quite excited about that. We've got this terrific Test Match series. Then we maybe get a few days off and then the IPL starts. That's exciting. No, very much, very much. Uh, it was, uh, it's like early Diwali for Indian fans and all around the world. Uh, so yes, back to back, we have not that much time between two IPL seasons. This is the first time. So it will be exciting to see. And also this IPL is going to be in India. That's uh, It's more interesting to see and it's going to be exciting as well. So looking forward to see the auctions tomorrow and how the teams uh, stack up the end of the day tomorrow. Uh, interesting to see. Interesting time to be a cricket fan and to be a cricket badger. Hopefully you're enjoying these test daily. So stay tuned as we go through the rest of England's tour of India and all of the action to come. Ash, Naman and Sam, thank you for joining me today. We'll be back again tomorrow. I've been James the Cricket Badger and I'll see you then. Thanks for listening. We will be back every day during England's tour of India. Get in touch on at cricket underscore badger on Twitter. We hope you are enjoying the cricket. See you again tomorrow. Podcast Network.